to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Duinay. This podcast is sponsored by BoomCloud Dental Membership Software, www.boomcloudapps.com, and Veritas Dental Resources, www.veritasdentalresources.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another exciting episode of our Say No to PPO's podcast series. This is Ben 2A. Got my co-host Jordan Comstock. Jordan, how's it going? Yo, Ben, I'm doing awesome, man. Life is good. I'm excited for another awesome episode rock today. Rock on, man. <laughs> yeah, rock on. We keep talking about the weather, so we might we might want to continue that this episode. So I was in Florida last oh. week. In, oh, yeah, you lucky. <laughs> in Orlando. It was uh, 95 degrees. It was summertime the first three days, and then the last three days ended off in the um, mid-70s. Saturday night, when we fly home, as we're descending into Salt Lake City, it's a blizzard out there. It is snowing. <laughs> we pass over your house, and uh, <laughs> it was just snowing. It was whiteout conditions, and we had to get an Uber on the way back. So we got a bigger wow. Uber on the way back, and this poor kid, man. I gave him five stars, but this poor kid, he almost ran into barricades. and <laughs> Driving yeah, in the snow. He was oh, sweating. Miserable. Like his face was just drenched. <laughs> I felt so bad for him because I know I know how it is uh, driving in the snow and uh, being responsible for all the lives that you have in your car. But uh, yeah. fortunately, he got us home safely, which was great. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. If I were to do, Uber, if I needed to do Uber like as a as a job, I don't think I would be a good one because the other day, apparently, I don't know how to use my brakes, <laughs> but I. I crashed into a back a back. Did you car. really, dude? And, yeah, it's not it, not not bad at all. It was like a little bumper. Oh. Like I looked at it, I'm like, oh, really? It did nothing to the truck, but my car it 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 bent it up a little bit. So I'm like, man, I I suck at driving. It's either that. <laughs> so that's why I'm not an Uber driver. And it's either that or um, I get a lot of speeding tickets. Yeah. So there. <laughs> yeah. I, there are cars <laughs> now that have technology. There's Subaru. Uh, BMW Mercedes has the same technology. There are other cars. I don't know the brands, but I know the Subaru. Um, Subaru. If you're driving and it, ha it has the auto stop, um, it'll 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 slow down automatically. It'll slam on the brakes. My car does that for me. Like if I'm not really? paying attention. Yeah. See, that's that's what I need, man. I need a car that stops for me and a car that makes me so I don't speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I'll, I'll I'll show you. There there are uh, several cars out there that can do that for you. But the younger generation is going to need that because you see so many people texting on the road. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, that, yeah, definitely. So if you're listening to this in the car, please don't text and drive. Drive safely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> so today we have an exciting guest. We have a good friend of ours uh, who uh, I met, uh, Dr. Jason Campbell, in uh, Arizona two years ago. He is part of the Dental Success Institute run by Dr. Mark Costas. Um, when I met Dr. Campbell back then, um, he did speak about his area of focus, which is something that we're going to elaborate more on today. It's uh, he refers to it as biofunctional disorder. And yeah. in the in my history of interviewing and talking to dentists and front office team members and specialists all across the country, I think I think you're the same, Jordan. I've never I've never found anybody or met anybody in dentistry that does what Dr. Campbell does. No, and, and in fact, when when we were talking to him, um, you you know, I'm like, wow, I've never I've never even heard about yeah. this, and and I, I at least have some experience on the clinical side, being a part of the lab years ago, 
I never even heard about it, but maybe I just was more focused on trying to grow the lab and do all that stuff. But yeah, I uh, the, the the it's very interesting what what he's about to you know talk about with us. It's very cool. I was fascinated. Yeah. So 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 this is going to be an hour long episode for those of you that are listening. Just if you want to time things out, but this is going to be more clinically based, and we're going to talk a little bit about how how to um, bill insurance if we have time. But I highly recommend that you you tune into this one. This is going to be an exciting episode. And uh, without further ado, let's get going. Folks, we have another exciting guest with us today, our good friend Jason Campbell in Prescott, Arizona. Do they pronounce it Prescott or Prescott, where you're at? Well, if you're an outsider, you pronounce it Prescott. And if you're an insider, you, not, you pronounce it Prescott. Okay, we'll say Prescott. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely an outsider because I've messed that name up. Tomato, well, tomato, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we can correct that and make you an official insider from this point forward. Okay. So Dr. <laughs> nice. Jason Campbell from Prescott, Arizona. <laughs> He's with yeah. us. You know, Dr. Campbell, I, I took an oral sedation, well, um, an oral conscious sedation class back in 2018. I, I took it alongside with about 15 general dentists. And it was interesting when I, when I sat through that three-day class, it was eight hours each day for three days. I learned something about the different opportunities in dentistry. I learned from that course that there was there was definitely a segment of the market that's um, sedation related, and some yep. some offices have really built that up extensively and used the fear of dentistry to their advantage to build a unique patient base. For instance, one of these practices was in, was in Toronto, and most of their patients came from Europe from from hmm. ways away to get oh, that's uh, and spend $80,000 in 8 hours to get uh, all the dental treatment that they need. So there's these areas of untapped markets that we see and I think yours is one area of an untapped market within dentistry that I think a lot of people don't don't figure out don't don't realize or may may have a fear of even getting into because of the fear of insurance denial or lack of reimbursement or other issues. So this untapped market of biofunctional disorder which is what we're going to talk about today. Before we yeah. get into that, Dr. Campbell, can you, just for the sake of our listeners, because we know who you are, um, Dr. Campbell spoke at the uh, Dental Success Institute Summit a couple of weeks ago, and I met him for the first time two years ago when I spoke at that meeting as well. Um, oh, awesome, nice. awesome information about uh, your talk on uh, uh, this most recent one uh, where you focus on the extinction of the fee-for-service office and fight for the solo practitioner. So some of the things that we're trying to advocate for on behalf of the solo practitioner, can you give our listeners some uh, background about who you are, where you practice, and uh, what you're up to these days in dentistry? Absolutely. You know, uh, believe it or not, this 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 is something, this is an area of care that I've I've kind of fallen into by by accident, and uh, it, it's become something that's worked very well for us. And there's no magic pill to it, to be honest with you, Ben. You know, one of the things you, you commented on was finding these areas, these these new, you know, I hate to use the word niche. What right. I really like to use is the term differentiation. So I think that's what we're all trying to do. You know, we're Absolutely. all in the same market, and we're trying to find a way to either make ourselves stand out for ourselves, for our staff, for our patients, but even more importantly, to stand out in the community so that as people are reaching out, looking for a solution to their health care, um, something that, that brings you to their attention and driving patients to your practice. And I've got to be honest with you, we, we've tapped into something that I think is the blue ocean. Um, nice. Yeah, I like that. 
We hear the term. I'm guessing you read that yes. book, right, yeah. Doctor? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I blue, hear that blue term. ocean strategy. <laughs> yeah, I've used that. I hear that term being used frequently, and and the way that I've described what we what we're doing right now, as far as the impact that it makes for our practice and our outreach to the community, is I think back. I, I took my wife on vacation with some friends to uh, Cancun. Have you guys ever been there? Yeah. I have. Um, yeah. I, I saw it in National Geographic once. <laughs> yeah. well, there's this uh, there's this high adventure area where you can go do this tubing through these caves that are underground, and you're in the water. And you know, I kind of thought about as Dennis. I feel like we're all packed in like the group that we were in in these small tunnels, you know, and we're <laughs> we're fighting for space and we're fighting for air. And I happened to be at the front of the the pack with my wife. And as there was this one area where we came into this big cavern, and I was the first one into that area. And I thought, oh, this is so nice to <laughs> kind of break away and have all this room and, and space. And, and that's kind of what biofunction has done. And I know that's a term that, that's not common to people. Um, in fact, we, we've recognized that there's a category of individual who suffer from a myriad of events that, that end up creating severe dental problems, either dental demise or terminal dentition. And right. what, what I noticed with these patients is they all shared common symptoms or side effects of the problems. And they were all in active care. I mean, a lot of them were. Uh, some of those individuals had become kind of like uh, dental and medical refugees where they've, they've fallen out of care. They've become so discouraged that you know, they don't feel like there's any hope for them. They feel like they were born with bad teeth. And, you know, I just have a hard time accepting that because I think any teeth are good teeth, you know, even if they're, you know, mineral, yes. yeah, minerally soft, who cares? If you could control the elements that are causing the problems, you can help them keep those teeth healthy and, and help them keep them for life. And so I just refuse to buy into this, oh, I was born with bad teeth. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, doctor... Mm -hmm. You know, who can you educate our audience, like, who is the biofunctional disorder patient? All right. What it amounts to, uh, Jordan, is this. In dentistry, we're really fighting three elements, and if you could control those three elements, you could stop 99% of all dental problems. And up front, people may want to argue with me about this point, but if you look at it in detail, you'll find it, it's true. So the first issue that people really struggle with that create a lot of dental problems is uh, issues of, of biomechanics. Jaw, okay. jaw mechanics and force distribution problems. You know, so the forces being generated on the teeth by musculature is either going to be in harmony or it's going to create deterioration. It's kind of like having the front end of your car out of alignment. Okay. So yeah, there's different stages of that. You know, in a, in a mild case, maybe you're getting premature tire wear, or uh, in a more severe case, maybe your steering wheel is shaking as you're going down the road. Well, well people suffer with these certain elements of, of biomechanics and the forces that are being destructive in their mouth, okay? Yeah. So that's element number one. How, how do we control the forces that are causing tooth and restoration deterioration? The second element is acid. Acid is what promotes tooth decay. Acid is what breaks down our dental materials and causes premature failure. It uh, causes issues in the tissue. Um, and so if we could control acid 
I mean, we could stop tooth decay altogether. And the third element is inflammation, which we know is the ultimate cause for periodontal disease, periodontal bone loss, tissue degeneration. Um, it's what creates periimplantitis. Um, so if you take these events <clears throat> and you start to try to manage those, if, if we were 100% successful in, in controlling those three things, people would have very few uh, dental issues outside of trauma or random events. Would, would you guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm thinking about my son. Uh, my son was a premature baby, 24-weeker. Um, <laughs> it's funny because when, when you read all the, art all the articles about premature uh, babies, especially between an age, uh, 24 weeks gestation and 20, uh, uh, 30 weeks gestation, the one common theme that I found is that they're not going to have great teeth throughout their life. They're going to have poor teeth. Interesting. Yeah. And thinking about it now, my wife, um, our, my son eats better than me. And, and he uh, he's setting an example for me to eat my vegetables. <laughs> nice. I got to eat my greens. You, you still don't eat your vegetables, huh, Dad? <laughs> no, I eat my – the cows that I eat eat a lot of vegetables, so I don't hey, eat a lot of like vegetables me, man. because yeah. of that. So, that sounds least, like me, man. At least it's fast But the funny thing is is that what I'm not a dentist, but this makes a lot of sense to me, just the logic behind it, because mm -hmm. my son doesn't – he doesn't – he doesn't uh, – well, he, he eats healthy, and, and he's six years old. Coming from where I come from in the islands, when I was six years old, um, gosh, I had so many cavities on my baby teeth, and I brushed every day, or I thought I brushed every day. Um, <laughs> but but it, it it seems to me that like even an older patient, a few who I know who are in their fifties that have all their natural teeth, and have a filling from time to time. And I don't know if I'm going off topic here, but what you mentioned about uh, the jaw mechanics, the acid, and the inflammation, it makes perfect sense. Question about this because in looking at Bio, biofunctional disorder as the blue ocean strategy. Ooh, yeah, I love it. It's one area that I look and with my business. I got into this business because I found out that it was a blue ocean strat, a blue ocean or that space. Um, years after I got involved with this business, what what led you, or at least what what led your interest into getting into this type of dentistry, Doctor Campbell? Yeah. You know, it's funny, I, I have so many doctors, the first, the first question that people, you know, Ben, you know that I have a, a learning institute, it's the Advanced Prosthetics yes. Institute, where we hold courses to educate doctors on this, and one of the questions cool. that we get from doctors a lot is, so, so where did you learn this, like, who's your mentor in this, and, you know, it's funny, I, I'm a, I, I'm a big uh, self-learner, I do cool. a lot of reading, um, and I rarely spend time reading material that's fluffy. You know, I, I'm usually in the meat of, of stuff. And, you know, so all through dental school, I was reading Pinky and Dawson and, you know, all these occlusion books. And, and so I guess when it comes to force dynamics and biomechanics, I would say that, you know, Spears, Dawson, Pinky, I've looked at neuromuscular stuff with LBI. Um, I, I have to go back to them as far as giving me a foundation for reconstruction. Cool. Right. The bigger, the bigger influence for me was that I suffer with most of the conditions that I'm speaking about. Oh. And, you know, so for I'll give you an example. Genetically in my family, we have a gene for missing teeth. And so I got 20 permanent teeth. Wow. My daughter, my daughter's getting 12 permanent teeth. My son, oh. one of my twins is getting 13 permanent teeth. 
my daughter, I've already done four major surgeries, bone grafting, ridge augments, sinus lifts, Holy implants, God. just to get her through the ortho phase, right? Yeah. Wow. So having that background, then you, you couple that with, you know, I've got a class three jaw relationship that was corrected orthodontically. Um, so the biomechanics of the way my jaws work were kind of a perfect recipe for problems over time. But then I, I had some other issues that were adding to that problem that ended up creating a lot of pain. I always suffered with jaw pain. I had chronic headaches, you know, phantom facial pain, that kind of stuff. And, and what I learned over time is that I had some digestive problems that were causing systemic acidity and systemic inflammation. So here's a good example of a biofunctional disorder. Bio meaning biology, functional meaning functionality, where I had a dietary problem that increased acidity and inflammation typically throughout my body's tissues. Right. Then you take bad jaw mechanics that were inducing clenching, grinding, bruxism, right? Well, the, the end result of muscle abuse or muscle use is depletion of resources. And when you deplete your jaw muscles of glycogen, calcium, potassium, it starts to generate lactic acid, you know, kind of as its last-ditch effort to get the energy that it needs for function. Well, what, what happens is when you combine systemic acid with lactic acid from from clenching, grinding, bruxism, you know, parafunctional habits, it just adds insult to injury. Right. So a lot of the effects that I was having were directly related to stuff that wasn't occurring in my mouth, but was occurring in other areas of my body that made me susceptible mm. to these chronic conditions. And it wasn't until, you know, when I was 27, I had a full mouth reconstruction done. Huh. And it helped me a lot to get through some of the, the jaw dynamics problem, but it didn't resolve everything. And it wasn't until much later in my life when I got on top of some of these other food issues and digestive problems that were causing the acidity and inflammation that I was really able to make headway in controlling it. So in my mind, I thought, all right, well, listen, if this is me, there's, I, I'm seeing all of these patients with similar problems. I'm figuring out solutions for them. There must be some place where I can go to get education on this. And I looked and looked and looked. I've spent thousands of dollars trying to find training to just help with, with chronic facial pain. And, you know, I've taken courses on, you know, TMJ, on, you know, bite correction, reconstruction, uh, pain management, but nothing was ever tying these things together. And so I just started this endeavor of trying to figure it out because there were so many people that had this problem. And I just felt, I felt responsible as a care provider to help them find a way to stop the contributing problems that were causing all of these issues. And the next challenge that kind of came along is, is I just noticed that all these people with these underlying problems, they all had the same symptoms. Right. High, carry, high carries risk. Um, you know, their, their carries index is very high. You know, risks for periodontal disease. But, you know, a lot of them were having uh, receding gums without periodontal disease. Um, wow. ab, ab fraction at the gum line, enamel crazing, strong wear facets, a lot of tooth and restoration fractures, jaw pain, chronic headaches, but they also had 
um, like vitamin D, B12, B6 deficiencies. Most of them were suffering with general body achiness, joint issues, muscular problems. Um, and, you know, they, a lot of them were chronically fatigued and not sleeping. And so there was this, wow. yeah, there was this connection between what I was seeing with gastric acid issues and all of these other effects. You know, inflammation in the body creates a lot of problems. Hey, Ben, were you, were you at the Voices of Dentistry, either one of you guys? No, we uh, missed it. We wanted it. to go, but we yeah. didn't make it. <laughs> we had we other, make it. other things going that week, but we, we did. You know, was, yeah. It was really cool. You, you know, Dr. Bradley Bell, a, a world-renowned cardiologist, was there talking about the effects of inflammation on cardiovascular disease. And really, he's narrowed down cardiovascular accidents to three things, high blood pressure, um, cholesterol, and arterial inflammation. And so acid and inflammation causes problems throughout the whole body. And we don't really recognize it in dentistry because we are more like tooth mechanics than we are diagnosticians and interventionists, right? Yeah, right. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, I can relate there, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the effects are having really severe detrimental dental problems. And so it's hard, you know, it's hard for me to sit back knowing what I know now and just ignoring these people and, and offering them nothing. But it comes down to something as simple as this. You know, you, you've got to be able to identify your patients. Sometimes I see patients with pure biomechanical problems. We treat it biomechanically, and that's it. We intervene early. You know, we're using technology like uh, T-scans, uh, force dynamic assessments, and we're just figuring out where the problems are through equilibration, you know, additive or subtractive dentistry. We can correct bites um, and just get everything settled down, right? So okay. we can treat the biomechanical patient preventively. And then occasionally, you see those patients where maybe the biomechanics is all right. You're not seeing abfraction. You're not seeing enamel crazing. You're not seeing wear facet. Um, but you're seeing these pits in their teeth uh, without an explanation for it. You know, they're not drinking a lot of acidic products or um, they're, you know, they're brushing, so you know the acid's not coming from bacteria in their mouth, but yet they're still having enamel meltdown. So you have these just pure acid patients that you contend with. Well, the third category is the patient who has biomechanical and force distribution problems coupled with high systemic acid and oral acids and inflammation, and it creates this perfect storm. It's like a, a hurricane storm system for these individuals. They deal with it most of their lives. And then by the time they reach me at, you know, 55, 60 years old, they're about ready to retire and they're looking at a fifty, sixty thousand dollar dental bill wow. just if they want to keep their teeth moving forward, or we're doing implant reconstructions and and really, really expensive for them later in life. Yeah. Right? So if you want to talk about the blue ocean, here's what I'm looking at. A lot of these people, you know, biomechanically, how many, how many times do you see kids coming out of orthodontics that are starting to develop that fraction at the gum line, receding, receding gums without periodontal disease, enamel crazing, they're already having jaw pain. If you could just step in and just correct the force dynamics and biomechanic problem early, you could save them a lot of problems later in life, and it's very profitable in the process. You know, if you treated every orthodontic patient with an equilibration afterwards, you know, that's very profitable there. 
Yeah. Very interesting. So, mm -hmm. so Dr. Campbell, what what are the benefits to patient care? Uh, I'm not I'm not quite following your question, Jordan. Uh, uh, let's see. So, e or advantages to the patient? Yeah. What are the advantages of the patient? You know, of, of yeah. obviously treating this. You know, is the question that I'm I'm interested in because you know I'm thinking of my wife. She's she's sounds like she's ha has a lot of the things that you talked about, and I'm just kind of curious on on the patient and what you know what are the benefits of of catching this and treating this early and and kind of explain the process there for on the patient side. Yeah, so here's the thing that's really remarkable. Have you guys ever been to like a Christian revival? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a few times. You know the you know the person that you know comes to the front and they're you know they're lame and they're in a wheelchair and the guy lays his hands on them <laughs> yep. and they get up and walk and it's like a miraculous recovery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the stuff that feels like in my practice. <laughs> Amen there. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. <laughs> it's like a, a Christian revival every day because the, the stuff that we're doing, it's so miraculous in these people's lives. And the concepts are really quite simple. You know, let, let's take example. Let's take this for example. Do, do either do you guys deal with uh, or contend with um, TMJ, treating TMJ or headaches, anything like that? Personally, like ourselves? I, no, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I I apologize. Not not you personally, but oh, you guys are yeah. you are you working with doctors who are attempting to treat that stuff? Absolutely, every day. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I was when I was working at the lab, we I mean we saw that all the time. You know, and then my my wife also has issues with TMJ and and always has to get stuff done. Okay. So here's here's the thing to kind of understand. This is a an area in dentistry where like. 90% of us really have no clue, you know, what what's going on there, how do we fix this, how do we help these people, and so most most of the time, you they walk in your practice and you want to turn and run the other way. Right. And then you get, you know, a small percentage of dentists out there that, you know, have kind of weird thinking and don't mind tackling these problems, and, and we have these aha experiences, and, and here's what I've come to realize. When it comes to TMJ pain, 95% or maybe even greater of those problems are soft tissue issues. It's hmm. rare that I find a true joint derangement or a capsular derangement. Almost inevitably, it's musculature. And it comes down to a couple of things. And these are going to be terms that, you know, maybe don't make sense to you guys, but I think will make sense to your listeners. It comes down to the neuromuscular feedback loop, okay? Okay. And what I mean by that is when, when teeth touch, every time a tooth touches, it sends a signal to the brain to say, hey, I'm here. And if you keep banging around on me like that, I'm going to have problems. So can you please alter, your, you know, alter this jaw to work around me? And so you hmm. get these, uh, this feedback system of... of information going to the brain, the brain from the teeth and from the brain to the muscles that control the jaw and um, it, it's what we call the neuromuscular feedback loop, right? Well, Interesting. If you, get, if you get disruptions in that, say you have interferences in your bike that are changing that, that signaling system from the brain to muscles or you have interferences in the bite or compensations, you get this... Um, you get these interruptions in that feedback loop that the brain wants to contend with. It gets, you know, 
So when that happens, you get an alteration of your bytes, what we call a byte compensation, which changes the envelope of function. Okay. The key to treating jaw pain, headaches, chronic facial pain is to do two things. Quiet the neuromuscular feedback loop so you're not getting constant signals to the muscles to work these deficiencies out in the teeth by either clenching them to move teeth into more orthodontically neutral positions or by grinding them to make them flat so you get better force distribution on the teeth because you know your muscles generate about 200 square foot pounds of force and that's got to be distributed somehow some of it goes to the jaw uh, the jaw joints but the rest of it gets just distributed in the teeth and at night when you want to relax if those signals are continuing the brain gets tired of that and it kind of it, it creates a scenario of clenching or grinding or what we call bruxism where pe people pathologically start putting a lot of excess force on the teeth to try to work out these these issues. Hmm. Does that make sense to you guys? Oh, yeah. As yeah. yeah, so <clears throat> I'm thinking of I'm thinking of my own mouth right now cuz hmm? I I've noticed uh, over the years um I I noticed small little things in my teeth and I got one of my lower teeth they it's kind of slightly crooked and I've noticed that I've just during the day I play with it and I kind of tap it with my other my top teeth because uh, it's it just feels weird in my mouth and I and I've noticed over the years it, it's kind of moving is that kind of what you're talking about that's that's kind of what came to my mind <laughs> absolutely it's almost it's, like a pee under the mattress effect okay <laughs> yeah so these little these little <laughs> nagging things that the brain's yeah. very aware of. And the, so what it does is it just kind of alters this, this signaling system from teeth to brain to jaw muscles, and then it creates an alignment issue. Okay, okay. so here, here's the key to doctors that are listening. Correct, quieting that, that feedback loop system, that information system, that I call it the information highway. Um, if you can quiet that by simply redistributing forces more evenly, getting teeth working against each other, working in harmony better, making the dental arches relate together better, getting the bite and joint positioning correctly, there's thousands and thousands of sensors that you know the brain works off to make all of this happen. And the end result of all that signaling is the envelope of function, that... that, that uh, the dimensions that the jaw works in and when that's compensated the body accounts for that it's like again having the front end of your car out of alignment you yeah, get it aligned and the wear and tear stops well the same is true for the musculature if you can quiet all of this you can also create an environment where acid decreases in the musculature inflammation decreases in the musculature you know you add a few anti-inflammatory protocols um, some muscle relaxant protocols, and now all of a sudden you've got this perfect recipe to start helping people with managing TMJ pain in those situations where it's a soft tissue problem. Yeah. So your question to me was, well, what does that mean for the patient? Okay, so mm -hmm. if you stepped in and you, you were able to say to this patient, okay, here's what's causing it, here's how we're going to fix it. When everything is said and done, you will see this pain start to go away in a very very quick manner you know and, and it doesn't TMJ treatment doesn't have to be this long drawn-out problem the one nuance that gets tricky is if they have systemic acid issues say there's dietary issues or uh, food allergies any kind of autoimmune so, no. disease that adds to acid and inflammation it compounds that and now you have to think about 
well, how do I how do I quiet the jaw muscles, but how do I also control the acid coming from other areas? Interesting. Um, I got a question for you. This is kind of me thinking again about my own mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I have more acid um, in my mouth over the past couple of years because I get a bunch of cankers. I don't know if that's a sign. Um, yeah. But I get like ginormous cankers where I have to go to the doctor, my doctor, and I say, "Give me that whole bottle of Dabacterol because this thing is this thing is is freaking painful, and I I right. gotta get it out of my mouth." So is that when you talk about acidity, is that like for, for me in my case, um, you know, is that could that potentially be you know a problem in my own you know system? Um, affecting my mouth is all the city. I don't know if it's if it's a dietary thing, which I'm, I can imagine it could be because I eat lots of candy. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, so I don't want to, I want to be careful not to make a blanket statement, Jordan. <laughs> yes, yeah. oh, yeah, so if you have acid problems, that one of the side effects is going to be canker sores. Uh-huh. But it definitely has to be, in a differential diagnosis, it has to be one of the things that I consider, but I'd be looking for other clinical evidences. You okay. Know? What what kind of what are your decay patterns looking like? Is this decay coming from bacteria? Is this decay coming from an acidic diet, or is this decay coming from systemic acidity problems? And they're very easy to distinguish them when you know what you're looking at. Okay, right. so you look at you look at multiple of you know um, different I guess criteria yeah. when so, you're analyzing so, a patient mouth. Very interesting. Yeah. So for every patient that sits down, that's what I'm looking at. Okay, I've got a okay. decay problem. Is this is this bacteria? You know, bacteria are going to hide out between the contacts of teeth. They're going to hide in the grooves of your teeth. So they're pretty predictable where where it's a bacteria problem. Those, yeah. those cavities happen consistently in the same places. Mm-hmm. If it's dietary, you'll have an increased risk for tooth decay. Um, but you usually see it on, like, the broad surfaces of teeth, like, and, and it's always a decay problem. Yeah, you know, it it needs cavities, but when it comes to to systemic or digestive acidity, that acid is so caustic that it actually eats the minerals out of your teeth faster than decay can develop. Wow! And we're looking at that in the mouth, and we're seeing these erosions, but we're not really quite sure. We're not making the link back to, or we're not asking ourselves what what's the common denominator here? What's causing this? Where the acid is so severe that it's eroding the teeth faster than tooth decay can even develop, right? And so mm-hmm. I look at those three areas as part of my evaluation. Is this bacterial? Is this dietary? Is this a systemic acid that, I have, that I'm contending with? But, but for doctors, the solution's really quite simple. And when it comes to oral acidity, some, of, some doctors are more astute. They're, they're right on top of it. And they're looking for ways to help their patients keep their mouth neutralized. And those protocols, okay. right? Mm-hmm. But we're not jumping over to the other arena and saying, okay, well, how do I alkalize? If I've got a systemic acidity problem, are there protocols that I could use with my patients that can help them alkalize their system so that they don't have this general body acidity? And that's, that's what we teach at our course and the system that we've developed over time is how do we neutralize the oral environment? How do we alkalize the systemic environment? And by doing that, we can decrease the TMJ problems, the chronic facial pain, the chronic headaches. Hmm. And we couple that then with, with interventive biomechanical treatment. Now we're, now we're in the realm of treating 
TMJ, and that's just one of the facets that, that we use in our treatment protocols is we're identifying these individuals, we're reaching out to them in the community. So let me let me just throw this out to you. And Ben, this might even be something that's really in your arena. Sure. If if a doctor's wanting to market their practice, how, what are the typical ways that a, a doctor would do that? Oh gosh. Discounted cleanings, discounted services, gifts, goodies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Telling telling the community how awesome we are. Right. You know, reviews, yep. review protocols, right. right? Yep. Well what if what if instead of marketing in the same category as all of the other guys in town saying the same things about yourself that they're saying about <laughs> themselves? Yeah. And it's all true. You know, I, I think of the guys. Yeah in my community they're amazing dentists I mean they're they're excellent at what they do they you know they've got good staff they got good protocols you know what I mean and yet we're all trying to tell our patients the same thing oh I'm better than that guy in fact if you come in I'm gonna look at his dental work and I'm gonna throw it under the bus just to make sure that I look just a little bit better than him <laughs> that's that's true that's funny that's kind of how the market I get 50 postcards a month from dentists and they say exactly the same thing all the yeah, articles in me the too. Yeah. yeah, all the articles in the newspaper read the same way. They, they all talk, <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, we're all talking about the same preventive services. But what if now you thought, okay, I want to do more implants or I want to do more crown and bridge or I want to do more periodontal surgery or I want to, you know, whatever it is, you know, do more comprehensive care or I want to treat TMJ or chronic facial pain. Well, what if what if you have this category of patient that suffers with all of those needs, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Because they've got acidity and inflammation problems. So what we teach our doctors is, well, how do you market to patients to attract them? Now all of a sudden, what you're writing in the newspaper is separate from anybody else around you. The articles that go out are, are talking about things nobody's talking about. What if your marketing now isn't to the general community, but you're marketing to gastroenterologists who are treating mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. <clears throat> or, or what about uh, uh, massage therapists who are helping patients with jaw pain or chiropractors or yeah. physical therapists yeah. or ear nose and throat doctors. Even psychologists. Psychologists, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so here's, yeah. here's what it comes down to. I know a vast majority of TMJ patients have acid problems, which means they also have dental problems. Right. And so now we've developed a whole marketing system that, that yeah. focuses on helping patients in a very small way. You know, so, so here's one of the things that we run into to try to get this message out to people. First of all, we had to find a way to to classify these individuals to even identify them and there was no classification in all of dentistry how do you how do you classify somebody that's got biomechanic issues and acid issues that are creating all of these negative side effects of TMJ chronic facial pain headaches high caries index biomechanical breakdown of teeth there's not a word to describe that there there is something in medicine that I know that they had to develop in order to classify patients with a myriad of symptoms like that. It's called fibromyalgia. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know any doctor that'll talk to you about fibromyalgia? I, I, I personally don't. 
Most allopathic doctors don't consider that a true diagnosis. Usually, it's it's you know it's supporting medical. It's osteo, you know, DOs and 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 uh, holistic doctors. Those are the people that are willing to talk about it. But that actually interesting. Yeah, that was a diagnosis that came from. an endocrinologist who recognized there's this category of people that all have these same symptoms and we don't know how to help them because we can't even, we don't even know what to call the problem, right? Right. So in dentistry, what I've had to do to be effective is I've, I've had to define this category of patient and we call it biofunctional disorder or a biofunctional patient, which is a key to my staff that says, okay, this person has biomechanical problems, this person has oral and systemic acidity and inflammation problems, we need to peel back all of the factors that are contributing and treat them one one at a time in a preventive, but even more importantly, in an interventive way. So now we've just added another element, a, a third dimension to what we do. Now we're interventional dentists, not just preventive and reactive dentists. Right. That- I really like this. I'm taking so much, so many notes here. <clears throat> and before you even mentioned uh, where you market to, I wrote down gastrointestinal, psychological pain doctors. And I'm thinking to myself on how I market. <clears throat> you know, you go to, um, you go to places that your competitors don't market to get the referrals. But I, yeah. I, I can't help but put my insurance hat on. Think, yeah. Thinking along the lines of of dental insurance. Um, and, I'm, and the next statement here for anybody that works on a licensing board, I'm not speaking on behalf of what Dr. Campbell's is, is solving with these patients, but it sounds a lot like to me that you are solving some gastrointestinal intestinal, uh, intestinal issues to a certain extent. You are solving some pain issues to a certain extent um, and even psychological issues to, to a certain extent, um, as well as the TMJ and dental facial issues, all from a dental perspective. And looking at this from an insurance perspective, how how does this fit in a PPO practice? Now I know your practice is uh, primarily fee for service, but yeah. but how do you fit that into a PPO practice where most most doctors are in network? It's it's tough enough to even bill implants to insurance where insur- implant <laughs> yeah. services aren't recognized, or and and mm-hmm. same thing with sleep dentistry. The sleep dentistry you can't bill to 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 dental insurance. It's not part of the scope of dental coverage. And what you're yeah. describing here, since you've been so successful, I thought I thought maybe you'd share some insight on how this works for you in your fee-for-service office and perhaps how this could relate to a PPO office. Yeah. So keep in mind, um, you know, we do accept insurance. So that's something that we work with. Most patients see us out of network. I am a Delta Premier provider, which, you know, doesn't seem to carry much weight anymore with Delta's new policies and stuff. But Let's just take this patient, for example. You have a patient come in. In your case workup, when you see that patient for the first time, all doctors everywhere are fighting tooth decay and gum disease. A small percentage of doctors are treating biomechanical issues, force distribution problems, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And no doctors are helping their patients with these underlying other contributors of acid and inflammation. So let's say we just take those those first three. With every case workup now, we're identifying 
dental problems associated with tooth decay and gum disease, and we've added the third element of biomechanics. So let's generate a care plan. Um, what do we do with this patient? The first thing that we do is, one, identify it, make sure they're aware that this is causing them problems and future problems. Um, we would bring them back for an analysis. Now, most insurances are not really reimbursing for the analysis, so we keep our costs low. But it's a fee-for-service item in a PPO practice where these individuals are highly motivated to move forward with care because you've done a couple things. One, you've identified the source of most of their tooth decay problems, which no doctor's done yet. Um, and you've, you've given them protocols to help stop the problem moving forward. So now their trust is, all right, doc, I get what you're saying. This makes sense. Thank you. You're telling me things I've never heard. Now they're your patient for life. Right. So now they're ready to accept your recommendations on how to get better. So we would start off with a, a, a bite analysis. We use a, a digital dynamics uh, analysis system called a T-Scan. It's made by a company uh, called TechScan, where we read the force dynamics of their teeth interactions in association with their jaw muscles. Really simple. The software's amazing. The sensor's very accurate. So that's the first thing that we do, and then we'd come up with a diagnosis. In order to correct this, are we going to use subtractive dentistry and equilibrate? Are we going to use additive dentistry? Do we need to establish anterior guidance or canine rise? Right? Right. Mm -hmm. Is there any kind of um, periodontal defects that need surgery? If a doctor is doing any kind of connective tissue grafting, now instead of just doing gum line fillings, you've just beefed up your surgery practice where you can do you know, connective tissue grafts, reinforce the tissue, bring the gum line back down. Maybe you don't get enough recovery. Now you're now you're coming back after the, the gum surgery is done, and you're doing um, some resurfacing with some some class five composites, right? Right. You've scheduled your patient now for um, an equilibration. Maybe on that equilibration you can't get anterior guidance in the canines or or canine rise. So you're now doing some, some additive dentistry to the linguals of the, the canines so that you can engage those canines when they're in movement quicker. Um, and then you're introducing splint therapy to control what their jaw is doing while they're sleeping. So from a preventive standpoint, if you're thinking about maximizing the dollar that the patient's going to spend in your practice, instead of just like looking at them going, oh, you need a bunch of class five fillings that, by the way, are going to fall off in about three months <laughs> because the acid in your mouth is going to break down the chemical bond and the flexure yeah. on the teeth from your biomechanicus is going to pop them off. And you're going to come in and I'm going to want to charge you again and you're going to want me to pay for it. So you're going to get mad at me and I'm going to become a bad guy and then you're going to go tell all your friends in social media what a crappy job we do. <laughs> right? It happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It definitely happens. <laughs> or you treat the patient comprehensively. You give, them, you give them the knowledge that success is available if they just follow a few protocols. So now we're talking about nutritional counseling. So one of the things that we've done, uh, Ben and Jordan, is over the years, we've created a system. We call it 
biofunctional practice system for our course attendees that's something that they can have access to which is all of our marketing materials all of our PowerPoint presentations where we do community seminars where we educate our physicians um, it gives all of our in-office protocols like our you know how to, to manage oral acidities how to how to alkalize systemic problems and these are things that I've developed with other healthcare providers with our gastroenterologists nutritional counselors hmm. we've developed these protocols that really amazingly work and most of them are natural hardly cost the patient anything but you can bill out for the nutritional counseling right so you've just added probably two to six thousand dollars to a care plan that probably would have looked like twelve to fourteen hundred yep. you've set yourself yep. up for success your patient thinks that you're amazing because not only are you helping them protect your teeth, but the chronic fatigue that they've experienced is starting to, to subside or decrease. You've, you know, with our protocols, we, we work on the deficiencies. I work with a cardiologist in town who has the ability to draw blood and run blood tests for our patients. We can identify absorption deficiencies in, in vitamin D and vitamin B6, B12. You know, some of these needed elements for health. So we carry a supplementation line in our practice and we educate our doctors on how to how to do that and even use blood banks on and how to get, you know, um, some blood work done so they can identify where their patients are deficient. You know, hmm. you need D, you need B12, you need B6. Those are all needed for tissue development. You know, sometimes if muscles are depleted, calcium and potassium, you can put your TMJ patients on those supplements, which will help the muscles recover quicker, decrease the acidity. I mean, it just it's this building block. And anyways, we've we've packaged that all up and we've made a a system. So let let me imagine for a minute you guys are dentists. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm talking to you about this, and you're thinking, well, how in the world am I going to go back on Monday and implement any of this? It's all so complicated. <laughs> and I'm saying, you know what, Doc? I've spent probably $650,000 over the last five years in development and marketing and putting all this together, paying for all of it. And we're saying, here you go, you know, come and learn how to do it. And by the way, here's your practice system to go back with, which you can access online and have access to our forum. And if you have questions, I have support staff to help you go back and implement it. If your staff has questions about how to get this thing rolling or how to bill it out, my staff's there to answer questions you know we have our forum now so now all of a sudden we're taking this thing that seems kind of complex and you could look at it and you go all right well how do i increase how do i use this to increase profitability well if you want to do more implants or you want to do more you know fillings if you want to treat tmj or chronic facial pain you now have a system to draw these people into your practice and do whatever kind of dentistry you want to do and whatever you don't want to do find somebody to refer to and so it's not super complicated stuff most insurances are participating with equilibrations most will participate with with orthotics um, it's not rocket science and I'll be honest with you the reason that I really focus in this area is because I'm a surgical reconstructive dentist that's where I find my joy I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> you have one of those sick minds that you know likes that, stuff. but 
that, that's why. You know, I, I treat these other things so I can get to the stuff that I really enjoy in dentistry. But at the same time, I think the bottom line, what I like the most about what I do, and it's the question that you asked me, and I know that this is a long-winded answer. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. <laughs> but the, uh, the bottom line is it is so incredible for me and my staff to watch these people go through this transition and come back and say, hey, by the way, I can't believe that protocol is working the way it is, but I have this other thing going on that's gone now. Wow. Or the headaches that I've suffered with every other day for my whole life are now gone. And I, I say that I know, and it, it's hard to imagine that it could be that simple, but it's that simple. <laughs> now, awesome. If you could take the contributors away, the, the symptoms go away too in, in most cases. You know, I look at this like awesome. um, one of the vehicles that I have, if you, if you use the wrong battery, <clears throat> If you're not using the manufacturer's battery, the vehicle won't work properly. And it's just one small, simple thing. And I remember when I bought the car, somebody else put in a different battery. And then all of a sudden, um, a few, a few uh, key, function, uh, key functions and sensors stopped working, although the battery is very healthy. Um, but once I replace it, everything in the car that I didn't know exists started to work properly. <laughs> And it was yeah. just as simple as using the right thing, a, a very simple process to get yeah. all the systems yeah. to work. And and that's what I'm thinking about when I'm looking at, at this. Like I'm think, trying to look at this from an insurance perspective on how to bill all this insurance. And I think you addressed that. Yeah. But what you're talking about it's, is – already Your doctors are already doing it. Yeah, it's they are. Just, that's right. Oh. Now their understanding goes deeper. They're recognizing the sources of the problems, and they're they're making recommendations to get people healthy, not just become tooth mechanics and putting stuff in that's really going to break down anyways. It's going to fail prematurely, and you always look bad with these individuals if you don't address the causes. And so it, it's a plus in all areas of care. It's just recognizing it. And having just the protocols to say, okay, when you see this patient, here's what happens, guys. Here's what the staff does. Here's what we recommend. And it becomes like clockwork, like any other system in your practice when you know what you're seeing and you know how to address it. It becomes super empowering to our dentists. And I think that's our focus is how do we, one, there's there's only one of me doing this in this, this care approach. There's thousands and thousands of patients in every community that have the problem that's going unaddressed. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, there definitely needs to be more than one doctor in the, in the nation who's <laughs> yeah. problems this way. That's a lot of patients. That's a lot of patients. Well, you're, you're the yeah. first that I've heard do this type of work. Um, I, I honestly yeah, haven't heard anybody else. And I think Jordan and I speak to a lot of dentists and uh, most. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most are into like the OBI, like the implants, for instance, or the TMJ or the, the sleep apnea issues. I honestly can't yeah. say I've met anybody that does biofunctional disorder or or anybody else's version of that phrase, that, that term. So yeah, I, I, think I looked for years to find my own education and I unfortunately personal experience, experience with patients and the school of hard knocks is what really got us to where we could really make an impact for people. But I'm an open book. The people that I work with are open books. You know, I know you guys are. You're out there sharing information. 
other podcasters, the same thing. We just, we're mm-hmm. really looking for ways to make each other better in what we're doing. Absolutely. And what we have, we are just simply offering, you know, if you, if you look at the tuition on our courses, you know, basically like giving this stuff away to doctors saying, listen, just come and just come and take the class and go, go do this stuff with your existing patient base. Cause here's the way I look at it. I think any dental practice, if, if you have a patient base of 1,700 patients, let's say, my estimate is that there's probably three to $400,000 of preventive care still in your practice just waiting for you to tap into just with your existing patient base. Mm-hmm. Not to mention what our marketing plan could do. Now, let me share this with you. This is how it worked in my practice. With our total marketing system and the way we had laid that out, we were probably working about 30% of its capacity. And in that first year, I had to bring on an associate and we doubled our practice production just within our own patient base. Wow. Wow. Right? And literally, it was like this crazy event. And we kind of got to the point where we're maxing our capacity again but I'm limited by space. I either have to get into a bigger facility or, you know, look at multiple practice options. That's a good problem. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. It's that that blue ocean event where it's just (laughs) looking at things a a little bit differently, you know. So here's an example. You know, you, you talk about dental implants, which seems to be how dentists are really trying to differentiate themselves right now. You know, those guys who can and who can't. Right. Right. Well, in the population of doctors who can, not all of them can do implants, you know, and not, not all of them can site prepare in order to place implants. Okay, we're, we're placing okay. Oh, implants yeah. in prepared sites, but we're referring out the stuff that needs site preparation because it's, it's a little more complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of complexity, and, and here's, here's what I think is happening in, in the world of implantology is there's, there's a lot of courses available, a lot of them are weekend courses, and most of them are being subsidized by implant companies. Well, what is their focus? If it's being sponsored by an implant company, they're trying to get doctors to place their system, and so you learn how to, you learn how to place the implant system you're not learning surgery. Well, yeah, surgery, that, yeah. yes, implants are the result of surgical knowledge, not vice versa, you know. Implants mm-hmm. give you surgical knowledge, and so one of the things that we've added to our curriculum is uh, a course based in surgical principles so that doctors can place implants, you know, site preparation, how to manage complications, you learn implant systems, but I'm a doctor working with patients and we are trying to help them understand surgery so that no matter what situation they're in, they can logically think their way through the principles of surgery to get the end result that they need instead of compromising their prosthetic outcome by downsizing an implant or you know what I mean? That's what's happening a lot now. So, I'm, you know, we yeah. see a lot of failures coming from general dentists because the courses that we're taking, they're really not teaching surgery. 
unless you're going to like a big maxi course that's going to take you a year to get through. So what I've done is I've I've taken all those surgical principles from years and years of education, we've condensed it into one course that really, really emphasizes surgical principles with implants as the end result or grafting as the end result. Um, but it's all the stuff around the implants that really matters for you, for your patients, for the outcome of your cases, for their longevity. So that's just one other area that we add to, to doctors end result is you're going to get these patients with complex care needs. Well, if you want to do implants, well, you've got to understand how to do surgery. If you want to do gum grafting, you've got to understand principles of surgery. And once you learn those basic principles, it crosses over. The next thing you do, you're doing wisdom teeth, which you weren't doing before and referring out. or um, You know what I mean? So it just adds yeah. to your bag of tricks when, you're, when your focus is right. So I, I know, doctor, you know, you've got a couple of cool, cool, uh, really interesting courses um, that I think our audience will, you know, like to learn more about. Where, where can they find more information about your courses? I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a couple things. First of all, I would say that our website is a great resource. Um, they can go to the advancedprostheticsinstitute.com. A lot of information there. And one of the things that we're offering for your guys' listeners is uh, something called the Blueprint to Becoming a Dental Black Belt. I like that. Where we've, we've outlined, you know, <laughs> this care approach to take your practice from where it's at to making it really thrive. And so they can they can download that there um, and, and use that as kind of a, a teaser for, for what we're doing. But the course information's at the website as well. And that's uh, that's www.advancedprostheticsinstitute.com, correct? Uh, Where they can find that. We do have a couple of courses coming up. We've got a surgical course. Um, the, the the name of it is a biofunctional approach from implant placement to restoration. That's August third okay. through fifth. Um, seats are limited. We only take eleven doctors for that course. Oh wow. Yep. And then in September, the fifteenth through the sixteenth, there's a two-day course. Um, a system-based care approach to treating biofunctional disorders and dental medical issues where we really break down the stuff that we've talked about today, <clears throat> give the protocols to, to use with your patients from day one, and then give resources and access to the tools to really implement that stuff day-to-day -day in, your, in your practice. Yeah, I, I really like this. We're going to post this information in the show notes. Um, yeah. What you went through today, I'm taking all these notes, and I always forget that we record these things. I can go back and listen to it. <laughs> Although I'm not a dentist, what what I'm thinking it's right now, definitely interesting. Yeah, is that you're more than a dentist. You're more than just somebody that goes in and, and does crown and bridge work. You you do something that's that I've never heard of. That's even available in the dental industry. And yeah. I'm thinking about perhaps even becoming a patient and several other uh, people that I know that suffer from the issues that you covered that have not been able to get uh, anything close to what you're talking about after seeing specialists, uh, dental specialists, uh, medical specialists. Um, there just doesn't seem to be a solution for a lot of these things that you discussed uh, at a one-stop shop. Um, so, so we really appreciate you sharing this with us today. Do you have any closing thoughts or final thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners before we uh, let you go this evening? Yeah, you know, uh, there, there's, there's two things that typically happen in a dental practice. Prevention and reactive care. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. the business models of dentistry 
end up leaving us to become tooth mechanics more than healthcare providers, right? We're, we're taking these problems after they happen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I saw that quite a bit in the lab. We always would talk about the doctors being the tooth mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> that, that same word, too. <laughs> yeah. And so our invitation to our practitioners is to say, there, there's something more. You know, you can become an interventionist as well as a preventive care provider, and it becomes a very empowering thing to your practice. Our focus in dentistry should be to keep that patient out of your chair. And when your emphasis is that, the marketing takes care of itself, right? Mm -hmm. Because patients become appreciative of that. Our job is to intervene when our preventive and our interventive care programs fail or patients fail to follow them. And then we should be there to assist patients to recovery, whatever that is, getting them teeth back in their mouth so that they have you know, good mechanics, so that they have healthy jaws, healthy muscles restoring their teeth when they have problems. But again, we should, once that's done, go back to prevention and intervention and really try to help our patients avoid those problems. And that's our mandate. That, that's my message to, to any of your listeners or anybody who's ever willing to, to listen to what we have to say is, you know, we have the opportunity to really make a difference and not just pretend to talk about helping people avoid problems, but really getting to the bottom of them, snipping them in the bud early you know, 80% mm -hmm. yeah. of what we do is preventive and interventive, and then 20% is surgical and reconstructive. But once we've had patients in our practice, we want them cycling through our recare program because that mm -hmm. leaves me available to help those patients, the next cycle of patients coming through with bigger problems and doing the dentistry that I like to do. Yeah. I, awesome. I can only imagine that some of the people listening that do run study clubs and associations that they would love to hear more from you. Do you do you take on speaking events for, for groups that want you to come out for an hour or two to talk about this? We do. In fact, I, I'm working with several implant companies that are looking for ways to add value to their to their curriculum. Um, I've got an engagement cool. or Orange County this month. Um, so we are we are working, you know, in anybody that, that is wanting that. This is kind of one of those things that adds value in all areas of dentistry because it's a message that's inclusive, not exclusive. So yes, we, we are willing to do that, um, work with people. Our, our goal is to reach doctors because if I can reach doctors, I know I can reach their patients and those mm -hmm. people really just deserve it. You know, they're, they're frustrated. You know, I'd say the largest majority of people that we see have come back into dentistry, so it's not even like I'm robbing them from my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're reactivating people into healthcare that have, have fallen out, and uh, so it's it's awesome. It's a it's a wonderful way to practice. It's very fulfilling, and uh, so we we get, let me just share this last thing. You know, somebody I I had a. A doctor friend of mine who also holds ed educational courses and he, he asked me he says all right doc what's your end game plan why are you doing this and I you know and I, I know he was asking me from a monetary standpoint how do right. I monetize <laughs> what I'm doing and the honest truth is I really don't know I'm not great at I, I don't know how to monetize this thing because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my passion is is educating you know these these patients are there they're plentiful it's a realm of dentistry that it's greater than anything else that we do in our practice on a day-to-day -day patient or day-to-day -day basis. 
and our doctors really deserve to have clarity in this area instead of just confusion. And unfortunately, we come out of school really unclear on how to help these patients. And I think a big part of it has been that missing link between the systemic acid and the, the inflammatory problems that are adding to the dental issues. And so education really is my end game. So awesome. however we can do that, you know, obviously we hold courses. I guess that's part of my end game is, is just being able to educate doctors. You know, that's one of the few ways that we monetize it. But I, again, I feel like we give that information away. Um, but we do have to cover our costs on tuition. But, uh, yeah, so absolutely. And, in fact, they can reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to give out our, our number. Um, they could contact cool. myself or Lori, uh, who handles all of my scheduling for those events at 928-776-0239. Um, so if they want to reach out if they have needs or would like you know, to add value to what they're doing, we, we can help with that. Perfect. And if you're, awesome. if you're driving, please don't make an attempt to write that down. Get to your destination <laughs> yes. safely. We will post we'll that post number. We'll post it on the site. Yes. <laughs> we'll post the number. We'll post the website. And then the promotional code all on the show notes. So take a look at that when you're safely seated somewhere. But Dr. Campbell, thank you so much. I, there's so much more we can talk about today, but we really appreciate you taking uh, a full hour with us and uh, sharing all this yeah. valuable information. We appreciate you. <laughs> And uh, I, I think I have a candidate or two for uh, people that would want you to come out and speak because I've never heard of this before. And Jordan and I interview people even outside of the podcast every day. And yeah, oh, this yeah. is this is exciting to me because, I mean, for you, Dr. Campbell, this is a personal issue with you mentioning that, um, you know, you suffer from some of these things personally and in it's your in family. your family. And so it means a lot to you to where uh, I think our listeners could appreciate that the information, the valuable information that you shared here and in your courses is definitely something that adds value to pe people's lives, uh, not just the practice oh, yeah. and what people want to earn from a, a business perspective. But I, I'm a big believer that uh, if you do the right thing by people you serve, uh, the money will come. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, f a focus up front. But for those of you that do take the course and are still wondering how to bill insurance, just give me a call. And uh, we'll, we'll show you exactly what you need to do there to make sure that uh, you do get compensated. The quality of the work that you do is being paid for adequately and you understand the insurance components uh, to uh, the um, information that Dr. Campbell shared with us. But Dr. Campbell, again, thank you so much. It was a pleasure yes, having thank you. you. We really appreciate you. Guys, it's been, it's been awesome. And just real quick, I want to just tell you guys thanks for what you're doing. I love your podcast, Ben, as you know. <laughs> I've, I've, I've used you in the past. We, we have oh, nice. this moment and uh, Jordan as well. Your product um, is something that we're looking at just really to add value to our patients on a day-to-day -day basis and, and get them access to care, which is sometimes hard for people. So keep up the good work, guys. We appreciate you out here. I love your podcast. Thank you so much, Thanks, Dr. Doctor. Have a good night and uh, have a good dinner and say hello to the family. <laughs> yeah. Take care. I'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, we'll see you. And that's it, folks. We'd like to thank you, the listener, for making this podcast happen. We are a young podcast, but we are growing at a fast rate. In three months alone, we've captured over 20,000 listeners, and our support is growing day by day. One way that you can show your support for our podcast is to simply tell a friend about us. If there is an episode that you enjoyed, feel free to share it. Also, if there is a certain insurance-related topic that we haven't covered just yet, we'd love to hear about that. 
please email us and send us a request at help at veritasdentalresources.com. Veritas is spelled V as in Victor, E-R-I-T as in Tom, A-S. Help at veritasdentalresources.com and we'll make sure to include that request in our next and future episodes. Again, thank you for your support and we wish you the best of success.